Peace and blessings, everyone. I'm Aziza, and welcome to another episode of Truth Be Bold. So before we get into tonight's topic, it may seem trivial to some of you to even uh, go down this path, but I think it's important because Hollywood has played an integral role with the social engineering for many years. And I have someone, a previous guest, to discuss this with us, William Ramsey. Mr. Ramsey? Yes, I'm here. Thank you for having me back. Great to be Thank here. you. Welcome. Um, it's great to have you. It's been a while. How have you been, how have you been doing? Okay, considering all uh, considering all the the circumstances, COVID, et cetera. Right. How about you? I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, kind of on the outside looking in, you know, in a foreign country. Um, are you still off of Facebook? I'm permanently off of Facebook and Twitter. I will never go back. And good I'm a much you. happier person for not being there. So. I, yeah, yeah. I recently got rid of my Facebook and it's uh, been nice. <laughs> so yeah, I don't feel like I'm getting uh, conditioned or programmed or corralled intellectually or mentally i kind of enjoy the environment of me determining parsing through the uh information highway instead of somebody doing it for me right and not being censored <laughs> right i was getting censored it was bad terrible i don't know why I, I honestly yeah facebook is really bad news and what so is mark zuckerberg so people who are on there i, I yeah yeah it's not good yeah so let's get into it um could you talk a little bit about your research and how you even started with this topic and uh, just why do you think it's it's a piece well, of I, the puzzle, this manipulation? Yes, it's definitely a, piece of, yeah, definitely a piece of the puzzle, definitely a piece of the global pyramid of control, no question. And I think that they've been conditioning people. You mentioned social engineering, uh, probably from the very beginning, you know, in some ways not as overt maybe as recently, I wrote my, made my first documentary. It wasn't of any good quality, not that my documentaries really are, but I made my first documentary called Occult Hollywood back in 2010 and um, really was just showing that they are putting numerology and ideas and occultism and definitely uh, putting it in films that isn't really overt. So you could call it an Easter egg or something like that. And then I think in the larger issue, it's just about conditioning people um, to, I think, really kind of just uh, ingratiate them or initiate them into the kind of new world order system. So I think that certain, certain parts of Hollywood are, are very dangerous. And, uh, and sometimes they actually tell you a story. There's a lot of predictive programming in there, too. They predict things like 9-11. Um, and uh, so those are very curious as well. So I think the insiders definitely put in uh codes you know codes or messages to people in the know whereas the non-initiated uh don't know and i tried so i tried to to really expose that in at least my first film and then i put my last my most recent one occult hollywood 2 is on vimeo so people can watch that there and it kind of goes through the occultism uh in hollywood as well so what do you say to someone who says mr ramsey this is just a coincidence you know, Lady Gaga has her hand over her over one eye and Will Smith is doing the same thing. It's, it's just artistic and all this numbers and uh, occult symbolism. You can find anything that you're looking for if you're really looking for. What, what do you say to that? Well, I think it's a good code. I think that that's probably the story they tell outsiders. But when it's not just Lady Gaga, but hundreds, if not thousands of celebrities <laughs> in Hollywood making the same hand gestures, whether it's 
the sign of silence or the hand over your mouth or the one eye, uh, you have to kind of see a pattern. And some of those gestures really go back into the occult, into cruelism, into the OTO, even preceding that. So uh, they're definitely coding things and it's across the board, Jay-Z. I mean, it's all musicians too. So you definitely can see that they're, uh, you know, ashlars are bricks in this great pyramid of control. And so I think that they're lying about a lot of it. So they probably, on the outsiders, they kind of are trying to keep blind from the kind of inside occult agenda. So can you kind of go into the history of Hollywood a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it goes all the way back, right? So Hollywood really started in um, Los Angeles. People were trying to get away from paying Edison money to use his uh, cameras. So it kind of was actually a, I mean, it was kind of like a criminal enterprise from the very beginning. They were trying to avoid taxes and the sun was always shining in LA and uh, Hollywood allegedly references this holly leaf that the Druids used to use. And so, you know, even its core apparently has like some occult Druidic magic, magical meaning. And in a lot of ways, you can say that this flashing pictures really do mesmerize people, although people allow themselves to a passive environment to let the information. So in, in some regard, it is entertainment, but in some of these films, they're definitely not entertainment. So I think that would be the earliest history of Hollywood to the present, but it was always kind of like, uh, you know, talking about certain things had an occult kind of uh, meaning. So the stars themselves, uh, you know, even referencing these stars are things in the galaxy, but uh, right. Crowley's, for example, reference every man and woman as a star. So you can kind of see the subtext of uh, that agenda within Hollywood. And then you can go through some of the early films and even, you know, they get more and more, whether it's Metropolis, which has mm. all these occult themes in it. Yeah. And, you know, some of these documentaries like Triumph of the Will, which was Reffenstahl movie, which was shown in, in Nazi Germany, Germany, which heavily occult Hitler stuff. Uh, this is just one example of some of the early black and white ones. But even going up into today, I think that there were religious films, too, in the 50s that were instructive, whether it was the Ten Commandments or the greatest story ever told. But then you can kind of see this growth of much darker themes in kind of uh, cinema, whether it's kind of blood and gore cinema that started maybe in the 60s, but also, you know, darker elements, even uh, 2001 with the cult, the cult stuff from Kubrick. And, you know, it just keeps, keeps getting worse and worse all the way up into the present. Oh yeah, um, one that comes to mind is Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. That's a really good example. And then you have all the other stuff going on behind the scenes with that movie. <laughs> Tons. The, the stuff behind the scene is almost more important than the things on the screen. So that was made after the whole Sharon Tate murder and the Manson family. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was very dark and, it, you know, it's about being bringing into the Antichrist. Supposedly Anton LaVey was involved in that. It's pictured in it. Um, and Polanski really kept on with the occult themes in his films. So all of his, his films have a lot of occultism themes, whether it's The Ninth Gate or some of his other more recent films. But uh, The Ninth Gate in 1999 was really incredible, incredibly occult film. So, but also like some of the people around, I mean, 
occultism kind of goes in and out of fashion, but at that time in the late 60s, I would say that was the an apex moment of occult interests in Hollywood. And a lot of people around those deaths were involved in the car, uh, cult. Jay Sebring was supposedly a member of an occult group. And uh, there were supposedly films being made. And Polanski's friends with a lot of sketchy people. So, And oh, actually, believe it or not, Sharon Tate was kind of uh, in an occult film, too, called The Eye of the Beholder, where she talks about magic. So, And I she actually, that. yeah, and she was actually... Uh, there. There were two kind of main strains of witchcraft, Gardenarian and Alexandrian. And one was Alexander's. And she was what knew Alexander's. There's pictures of her with Alexander's, one of the kind of big two of the, you know, post Crowley, Wiccan, uh, uh, Druidic, witch, witch movement. Um, so she was definitely, da- people always say dabbling, but you don't know, really know how de- de- deep it gets. But it got very deep because Manson himself clearly knew occult themes he was a practicing Scientologist he was he clearly said he knew about the process church yeah he once said that me and uh me and de Grimston his name was uh I can't remember his first name but one of the founders of the process church Manson said me and de Grimston are one so it's kind of like a, a play on a biblical theme but um so there was all there's so much more occultism and a lot of it's kind of glossed over. Um, but they carved when they killed LaBianca, LaBianca, one of those murders that happens after the Sharon Tate murder, they carved the war into one of their bodies in a very occult as above, so below manner. And that's often overlooked um, in the Manson environment. And, and you can see pictures. You want to talk about hand gestures where they're making the sign of silence. Uh, there's pictures of women from the Manson family in court buildings, walking around making the sign of silence. And uh, I think it was Squeaky Fromm who went on and tried to kill uh, President Ford. Actually, there was a bullet that grazed his head. Um, if she would have killed him, I think it was Nelson Rockefeller would have become president. But that bullet- <laughs> That's interesting. Part, yeah, no, that's a, that's a story that isn't told very often too. I think it was in the late seventies. So there's all kinds of crazy stuff that uh, really surrounded the Manson family. No doubt. Yeah, and you know Charles Manson really became this pop culture icon, which is very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, he still is. I actually just published a book called Global Death Cult, where features he's a kind of like a poster child for some of these guys in the occult movement. There were Nazis who really admired his out at well outlook, which is like air, water, or something. So he's kind of like a naturalist in his sensibilities, but they. A lot of these guys in Adam Waffen who were in the news recently traveled to the supposed cave to the underworld that Manson used to take his followers in the desert. So he's still, uh, his ideologies and, and outlook still are influential. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. How do you, from your research, how do you think it goes with these celebrities? Are there levels to their knowledge? Because I'm thinking of someone like uh, Beyonce, for example, um, Obviously, she's been put in that position and she's, you know, (laughs) she's the one. And then I look at others and I'm wondering, are they just dupes? I don't know. I think that there is an initiatory thing. I do believe there's pretty dark actors at the very top Weinstein types who really do control who gets in films and stuff. You could see Weinstein pulling or was pulling 
things on people, mm -hmm. uh, elevating people and also bringing people down. So I think now he was a very dark actor. He's very strange friends. There's pictures of him at uh, Prince Andrew's birthday party with both Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Epstein was probably murdered. Ghislaine Maxwell was still in jail. And they were also engaged in all kinds of dark stuff. There was occultism involved with them. That has nothing to do with Hollywood. But Epstein traveled in very dark circles, and uh, in my opinion. And I do think, so I think that if you extrapolate that, there's a lot of casting couch things that happen, but also initiating, you hear stories about Drake, you hear about a bunch of homosexual activity, mm -hmm. uh, rumors, and, and uh, Jay-Z himself. I mean, he talked about Rain Man. Uh, so there's, I mean, he, uh, my opinion, knows a lot more of this kind of dark element. And I think that that influences who, who goes up and who, who doesn't make it, really. I think that there's like a, like you talk about maybe a glass ceiling, but I would say there might be, I think that it's provable that you would say that there's like a, an initiation ceiling where those who are initiated have it much easier than those who aren't in Hollywood. So people who are willing to sell out the most. <laughs> right, or sell themselves or, you know, uh, yeah, do whatever they're told, uh, be handled. You know, they always talk about these people being handled by people behind right. the scenes. And I, I do think that that, uh, that does happen. I think that if you even look at Sharon Tate, for example, or maybe some of these other celebrities, somebody's clearly putting them in certain places to do certain roles. And uh, Absolutely. You know, I think the women, yeah, the women who are much more amenable to, to selling themselves out for whatever reason uh, do find worldly success. Even their relationships uh, seem contrived. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, I organic. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that a lot of it's that some of the, some of the relationships are done for publicity and are staged. Some aren't, but, uh, you know, I mean, if you look at like Johnny Depp, for example, who, who he seems to really have ingratiated himself to Hollywood, I think that that led to his success or whatever, his worldly success. And you can talk just to follow his career. Oh, I think wow. he's an exemplar. Yeah, following Ninth Gate and all these other films that he's been even in. Fear and Loathing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He's uh, Hunter S. Thompson's a very dark figure. And he's really friends with Hunter S. Thompson, actually. Yeah. And just like he was a real promoter of Damien Eccles, if you remember the West Memphis Three story, mm -hmm. who now is writing occult books. And, and he was in Ninth Gate. But you can really trace Johnny Depp's career. And almost like I've heard that his character in Pirates of the Caribbean is almost like a, 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 like an occult trickster. Like he's almost kind of like an occultist who does things. And he's made that sign of silence so, uh, mm, yes. gesture in his mm -hmm. films. So you can, you can see these guys and, you know, some people, there's a lot of deaths and strange deaths that happen in Hollywood too. And uh, that's another symbol. It's like who makes it and who, dies of a drug overdose or supposedly kills himself. And there's a lot of fake suicides there. A lot of really dark things. I mean, Hollywood's super dark. So uh, just, I would just, you got to really watch out, uh, you know, hanging out with some of those power brokers are very, they operate just like a mob, just like the Italian mob or something like that. Like you don't cross them, you do what they're you told or bad things can happen to you. 
on the lines of these deaths, do you think that all of them die or what, what do you think from your research? What have you found? Well, I think that there's definitely some of the young child stores are abused and then they die either of drug overdoses. Very convenient for the people who abuse them, drive drug overdoses or misery or will they want to die? So I can't remember some of the figures, but clearly there's like a pedophile, um, like Corey Haim, for example. This guy, he was supposedly raped all the, very frequently as a child and died of a drug, like a drug overdose. He just was an abuser of pills. He probably was very disturbed, in my opinion, or, you know, just didn't, uh, didn't kind of get past all the, the suffering that he went through. So some, and there's a lot of, lot of stories like that, actually. There's a lot of women and boys and stuff like that who... Uh, didn't make it. So I think that's, and then some, I do believe, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was Saling. Like, I think some of these guys get suicided before they tell the story or, or expose powerful people. So um, I do think that, that that happens. And I, you know, Epstein actually was very um, influential in Hollywood. A lot of people don't know that. That was oh, one I didn't of know the that. stories that was very, co- no, very covered up. But uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people were on his flights from Hollywood. I don't feel like naming their names, but he actually in uh, Virginia Dufresne, who just sued Prince William, Prince Andrew, sorry. Uh, she mentions in her autobiography traveling to Hollywood with Jeffrey Epstein. And actually there was, I think it was at the Golden Globes, it was the host there um, who was in, uh, oh gosh, what was the name? I know his face, but anyway, he was telling them like, he's your friend, right? And he was telling them the the British guy. Yeah. The British guy. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. He's your friend. He's telling the truth. He's actually was very honest in a very uh, uncomfortable way for a lot of those people. So he was, yeah, he Epstein definitely ingratiated himself through the Hollywood. I mean, even uh, Maxwell, for example. Um, Yeah. I don't want to, I mean, they both were. So my point is, is that, there is kind of a very dark element. I think Epstein was very dark. What was going on at that island? And she, uh, Virginia Jeffrey, talks about uh, Maxwell having black cloaks and statuaries and things like that in secret rooms in his mansion in in, um, in Manhattan and just kind of weird things that were happening around that. So I think it's just part of that uh, milieu of uh, occultism and things like that. But I do think that. Certain careers are there's certainly promises to make your career if you uh, kind of adapt this kind of uh, new, you know, Babylonian kind of a cult culture that definitely exists in Hollywood. I'm not sure as much now. I, I don't know if that machine is as powerful as it used to be. Do you think some deaths are faked? I can't come to, I mean, there supposedly are fake to deaths, but I, I've never found one that actually turned out to be fake. Do you know of any fake deaths? Uh, no, there's always the, the rumors, right? you know, but there's never anything uh, concrete. Well, there's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I've, I've read a lot of crazy days and nights, which they put a lot of information, a lot of rumors and a lot of really true stuff. Actually, they knew a lot about Weinstein even before he was arrested, but they talk about all kinds of fake suicide, real suicide, people who were suicided, people who were told to shut up, payoffs, cleaners, all kinds of uh, 
things that happen under the surface and all, a lot of black whales too. So, I mean, I think like, for example, Marilyn Monroe, I believe she was killed. So I don't believe that she uh, overdosed on drugs. I think that's a fake story. And she's like one of the most, I mean, this is kind of pre kind of a cult movie type stuff. I think it was 62 under the John F. Kennedy administration. So I think she knew too much about Kennedy and Robert actually, and she was going to talk about it and they went in and uh, got cleaned up in Brentwood. So that's just one example in a long line of people I believe who were murdered. Have you heard about um, Louise Hubner? No, well, who's that? Um, she was the, the first, what, uh, publicly acknowledged witch in Los Angeles. No, it sounds familiar. My understanding is that the number one religion among young girls in Los Angeles is witchcraft. <laughs> so that, that doesn't surprise me. No, I don't know who Huber is. What, what about her? No, um, she blessed Calabasas. And we know about all the different things that have, you know, happened there. Up in uh, the valley? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like, what, isn't that where the uh, Kardashians live? Yeah, that's where Kobe Bryant's plane went down. Right. And uh, well, she, she blessed seen... lots before the riots were there. Not surprised. I mean, look at, look at, uh, have you seen the picture of the Kardashians with uh, Bruce, well, whatever, Jenner? Uh, they're making the sign of silence, that same gesture. There's you mean their Christmas card or whatever that was? Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. in on that. They're on the inside. Well, you know, uh, Bruce, he grew up in Newtown, Connecticut. Really? Wow. Not what are the odds of that? Very small. That's remarkable. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You know, that here's the other thing is that these guys, uh, they call themselves trans. Uh, yeah, yeah. It gets really strange. They think they're women, but they don't actually ever have an operation. So he's running around saying he's a woman, but he still has yeah. the, the um, parts that he was born with, if you know what I mean. Which is very yeah. strange. Yeah, it's, uh, well, that's the... Um... Hermaphroditic, whatever, Hollywood thing. Yeah, that's that's the pinnacle, the the androgyny, right? So right, yeah. What about? Have you looked into Britney Spears? What, what do you think about that? I mean, I haven't I like researched her enough. Yeah, but I think that she's a perfect example of somebody who is just controlled, right? Like somebody's always handling her. She bears. She's kind of like broken. Like she went in, literally like went cracked, right? So she went insane or whatever. And I don't even know if she's, my understanding of the rumor about her is she's still kind of in a childlike state. Have you heard that? Yeah. You know, those videos that they, she, or whoever is controlling her posts on Instagram, it, it seems like that. And you hear that a lot. If you listen to these, these celebrities, these, some of these female sex kitten type celebrities, they have right. that childlike tone. So yes. it might have something yeah, to do with programming. Yeah, it's like a certain kind of beta programming. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they may, somebody may be uh, screwing with them. And that symbolism is all throughout those music videos, mm -hmm. uh, the clothing they wear. There was one guy who supposedly committed suicide. He was a famous fashion designer. His whole style and everything was all kind of beta uh, kitten programming and all that stuff, all this, you know, so-called MK, MK Ultra uh, offshoots. And he's, I can't remember his name, but uh, 
he supposedly committed suicide at a very early age. He was from Britain. I forgot his name. And did you hear about the one that recently died strangely? Um, he he did some comedic skit where he was applying for the Illuminati. Did you see that? No. Do you remember what his name was? I don't. He was in uh, the whitest guys, you know, or something like that. I don't. I don't know his name. That doesn't make. But it doesn't was, ring a bell. But it was recent, and he did the skit. And shortly after the skit, he, you know, he died. So the one I'm thinking of is uh, Alexander McQueen died at 40, supposedly asphyxia. You know, is that the one? That, was it recent? Uh, that was back in. 2010, I think he killed himself, but he's still no, this his, one was like stuff on a Melrose. couple weeks ago. No, I don't know that one. He dressed, McQueen dressed Rihanna, Sandra Bullock, Sarah Jessica Parker, Nicole Kidman, uh, Lady Gaga, all those things. Yeah, McQueen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the new one, but you know, it's hard. You, it's hard to keep track. To be honest with you, there's so many strange things that happen out there. It really and is. I, and my understanding in Hollywood is that Trevor Moore. I don't know that. My understanding is the police are owned, so they get paid off by the big uh, companies. So they never really do real investigations, which is why so many of those people have never been arrested from Nick from allegedly abusing kids at Nickelodeon. Or some of these other, because the police are all part of the cartel, and then they have their own PIs and their own cleaners. So they're really just, uh, you know, shielded from any legal recourse. You know, what's funny, they allude to this in movies, and people just, <laughs> yeah. you know, they. Was they it LA Confidential or something like that? I think, yeah. Uh, I haven't yeah. seen that, but I know in Breaking Bad, you, you see that as well. It's the cops paid off. And you see it in John Wick with, with the cleaners. There's, there's a lot of truth drops in John Wick. But, right, and um, if you see, um, I think it's Pulp Fiction too had a cleaner, if you remember. He called a cleaner to, to they sh accidentally shot a guy in the back of the car and they had to call a cleaner. So that was Hollywood. So these guys, there's, there's definitely cleaners out there. And some, yeah, fixers and cleaners, they exist. If you remember, here's a perfect example, is um, Jeff Bezos was sending pictures of his manhood to his girlfriend. And that was I remember that. Do you remember how fast that disappeared off of the uh, mm -hmm. media? Mm -hmm. One, 24 yeah. hours, that story was gone. That story was dead. So he called, I don't know, I don't want to mention names, but he called people who may have, definitely have above the table connections but may have sub rosa or under the table connections but that was done so baby that, that story i haven't seen stories like that stories die like that uh that fast but the the people that he called were in los angeles if you remember i, I don't want to name their names but they're wow. they're la connected yeah. well did you see that paris hilton thing that came out that that disappeared quite quickly didn't she come out and say that it was all like the dumb blonde was all an act? Yeah, she came out with the documentary and she was talking it. about her, her time in uh, this behavioral modification school in Utah and all the abuse right. that was going on there. Yeah, no, I remember she but said it's funny. 
but it's funny that didn't get the press that the Britney Spears thing did. Interesting. This was just like a blurb. And interesting thing is this school, um, I know someone who went to this school, the same one that Paris did, and says the exact same story. So which was the the abuse, the different things that were, you know, locking people up or children locking children up in these rooms and you know, the drugs and the, the sexual crimes, you know, the whole gambit. So. Yeah, I've heard really bad things about those those uh, so-called homes, you know, well, or not homes, but those reformatories type things. And they, they they don't really work, and they're abusive as hell. But her Hilton, have you ever seen the Millennium Hilton that looks like a big uh, monolith that's in or was in Manhattan? No, I haven't. Like totally super occultic. Yeah, look up the Millennium Hilton. It was right next to. I mean, we're at the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven but uh all close to it but uh yeah that's connected to the hilton family right the the hotel family if you if you just google the millennium hilton it'll remind you of 2001 space odyssey i'll have to look it up um what do you think the role of paparazzis is because i i've always assumed that they're kind of around to be a part of the whole handling of celebrities Make sure that they're being I mean, watched. I've, I've heard that some are on the inside, so they're not really independent of the celebrities. That the celebrities tell them we're going, they're going to be, and they pay money and to to so-called make it look real. So there's definitely some inside stuff on that. Whether they're there to bolster people or uh, maintain something, I don't really know. And what do you make of the role of celebrity that we've seen with um, the current situation? In what context? Do you mean like TV or movies? Um, or just what? how they've been used to push uh, right. a particular push agenda. Yeah. Yeah. I think that definitely there is uh, social engineering going on, pushing agendas, whatever that agenda is. But I mean, there's a definitely an intel background in, in CIA or whatever, some kind of intel in, in movies. Like, I, I, my understanding is that after 9-11, they promoted Pearl Harbor. That was supposedly a, a giant kind of psychological operation mm-hmm. to associate what happened at 9-11 with Pearl Harbor. And they always use those terms. 9-11 is another Pearl Harbor, right? This right. is another... And so those are just, that's just one example. So I do believe some of these people are cutouts. And so I think that, you know, I think that the agenda What do you mean is, by a cutout? Do you mean like they're well, CIA I, I since think the very that, beginning? Yeah, yeah, that they have intel background. I mean, I don't want to name names, but there's some celebrities out there whose intel background um, precedes their fame. Really? Or their family, or their family um, precedes their fame. Yeah, no. Because I know uh, one, they're in the media, but I haven't thought about, you know, celebrity. Right. I mean, I think one would be, um, what is his name? Let me see if I can remember. It's. Uh, you don't have to say any names. <laughs> no, it's 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 the. I do I do know his name. It's he's he's uh, he's done. He he was the director of Fight Club. I know his name. Oh. Hmm. 
I'll get it. Give, uh, give me a sec. But he's done all kinds of strange kind of occult stuff. It's uh, and the, the occult that that movie actually was pro predicted kind of 9-11. There they there were things in there that hinted at 9-11. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because if you look at like music videos or uh, movies, maybe like 10, 15 years before 9-11, tons of predictive programming. Right. There's a lot. Yeah. End of Days was one with Schwarzenegger that had predictive programming about that. Um, and you can see it now with this situation. If we look at movies from 10 years ago, it's... <laughs> right. David this. Fincher was his name. David Fincher. Go look through his films. They're remarkable. Yeah, he's direct. Yeah, I mean, it gets pretty dark. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of yeah, uh, it, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't even don't even feel comfortable comfortable mentioning. But yeah, I mean, go look at Fight Club today. It was put out in 1999. You can see the smiley faces. You can see the spherical caryatid, which was uh, right at the base of the Twin Towers. All that stuff is, is in there. And then it's, yeah, it gets really dark. Yeah, it's... But could you go back to your original question, some of these individuals, like, are they, are they, are they formed? Oh, actually, uh, Fincher is from an intel family. I believe his dad was in military intelligence of some sort. Wow, you can't yeah. make this stuff up. You can't make it up. And if you look at like Dave McGowan's book, uh, weird scenes a lot of those musicians they came from mainline families old jim morrison right? families yeah or or intel families and i think janice joplin she had some weird stuff going on a lot of weird stuff man a lot of these guys who wow. was it uh frank zappa's dad was in, in military intel if i remember correctly really yeah no a lot of these guys <laughs> had it so it was really kind of a theme actually some of the guys from uh What's the name? Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Crosby was a Van Cortland, which there's like a park in New York City for the Van Cortland. So he comes from an old kind of elite family. Yeah, a lot of these guys. Uh, and all in California. All in California. All in the same so, area that we have serial killers and other stuff going on at that time. All coincidence, right? Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. I mean... Yeah, you're kind of into program to kill territory, which is also Dave McGowan. So, Excellent yeah, Hollywood is a nexus of very weird stuff. I mean, you can go back to the Black Dahlia, which involved people mm. who like were associated with John Houston, probably, who was in Polanski. Uh, John Houston was associated with people who might have been involved in the Black Dahlia. And there he is in Chinatown, directed by Polanski, you know, about financial shenanigans and secret murders and things like that i didn't know that yeah it's about secret murder i mean really it's it's the first reference to a smiley face killing type murder that i ever saw it was made in what 1974 i think it the the screenplay won best uh, won the oscar for best screenplay and the sidekick or or the guy who was guy whose name was mulray what jack nicholson discovers is that Mulray was drowned at Houston, the Houston character's mansion, drowned there, and then thrown in salt water. 
but the coroner finds that he has regular, you know, mount spring water in his lungs. So he's clearly moved. We're really reminded. It's just like sends a chill down your spine. So yeah, and uh, and you can go back through and, and uh, Nicholson's connections to Kubrick and all these guys. It's been, and I think that some of the the kids that Polanski abused were at like Jack Nicholson's house, if I remember correctly. So. And uh, nothing was ever done about Polanski. You know, they've thrown other people well, under the bus, but he's... this is true. <laughs> well, he was actually convicted. So he fled between his conviction and sentencing. So he went to France where I don't believe they have an extradition treaty. And uh, apparently, according to my research and other researchers, he just continued the cycle of abuse. There's apparently some women who claimed that he was abused. So it didn't stop. He just he went to a new jurisdiction is my allegedly that's my understanding and he's still praised in hollywood oh i think they mentioned something and all these people i have one of the oscars or golden globes they gave him a big grounding standing ovation and he's a uh, my opinion he's a monster yeah yeah there was someone else that uh came out who was it um it's kirk douglas's father right yeah, I think there was allegations about him. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, him being an abuser. You know, yeah, yeah, and he was a huge one in Hollywood, but not a word about huge. it. Yeah. yeah, interesting. I mean, a lot of these guys get away with stuff too, right? They get clean, paid it, paid off. I think some of those lawyers' files. I don't want to mention their name, but some of these lawyers' files in um, Hollywood are probably would probably just jaw droppingly incredible payoffs. Um, secret agreements litigation just all kinds of crazy stuff that never come to the, the light of day oh absolutely i mean one of these things yeah. if you remember the pedophile scandal um there was a scandal i can't remember the kid's name but he claimed some older guys were abusing him and was public and that all just there was a lawyer out of florida but what the my understand this is my allegedly in my understanding in my opinion what that lawyer was doing was threatening other names that were never publicized because he had already gone public with this one, right? So the people were publicized. It encouraged them to settle out of court suits. Does that make that sense? Happens. Yeah, I think that happens a lot. Right, right, right. So that was kind of his stratagem, his tactic to encourage some of these people who are very powerful to settle out of court because he would go public with their names with some kid, you know, who claimed abuse. There's, I mean, the stories like that. I mean, it just goes on and on. There's a lot of abuse. It's a very abusive uh, environment in Hollywood. So, I, you know, it's, I, when people say, I'm going to go to Hollywood and be a star, I'm like, do you know what you're getting into? <laughs> like, you're, you're crazy. Like, you're not going to be the same person in two or three years. I mean, if you look at if you look at Weinstein, he was just, I mean, he was a predator, just a super predator. If you look at all the stories and what happened, I bet there's another, just like Cosby, there's probably a lot of people who never wanted to go public. They just did, they got married, they had kids, they had jobs or something, and they just didn't want to, you know, come to the surface. So I think that's a lot of those abusers were very active. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about as far as the influence of Hollywood now? Because you mentioned before we came on that you think it's waning. What do you think I the think reasons are for because, that? 
I think because of the exposure. I think alternative media, podcasts, a lot of these cases that came out, Weinstein, these arrests, um, really kind of uh, exposed the ugliness of some of the stuff that happened. And also I think technology has allowed people uh, an alternate means of creativity so that they can film stuff or do videos or things without going through that machine system. The um, old kind of production system of the past has been atomized. And I think that's a good thing. I don't think that there's really like uh, moguls as there used to be. And I think that that's diminished. Um, it's also expanded the creativity, but it's also diminished the capacity for abuse is my, is my belief. But I think we're kind of like in a phase that with the advent of streaming, that there's a really a kind of a new creative renaissance where so many things are being created um, that people really have more choice in their entertainment choices than have ever been presented in the past. And I think that's in a lot of ways a good thing. So, but I, so I think that that old abuse system where it's all centralized in Los Angeles and it all can be self-contained and covered up uh, has dissipated. And I think that people are a little bit more wise to the system. And there's, like I said, there's other opportunities. They don't have to go into some place where they have to be raped or, ca or casting couches, which, you know, go back hundred years. They probably go back to the beginning of Hollywood. So it seems like less. And I think that people see that the, the dark elements of, of Hollywood are much more open and obvious. Hmm. That's interesting because you've seen even, you know, I remember you used to, you know, buy cassette tapes or CDs. Now, you know, that's irrelevant. And you've seen these artists um, trying to fight for relevancy. I've noticed that more recently, like the way they just kind of pimp themselves out for things in the past, they probably never would have done before. So I can definitely see what you're talking about there. Yeah, like I think that there's not that, there's much of a machine, like a, this is the Hollywood machine. You have to be there to go forward. So it's, I think it's not as, uh, it's not as much of a monolith. People are producing things in different places. And I think that some of the stuff that's being made is pretty, I mean, some of the streaming stuff is good. You see much more international. I think actually a lot of international uh, <clears throat> artists are being exposed that never would have crossed some of the national boundaries. So you're seeing on, I think on Netflix, for example, much more interesting things from, I saw a show from Israel I thought was really good. I saw a Spanish show, uh, one that was made out of Germany. So in a lot of ways, I think that that's a positive change than you know this this kind of old Hollywood system, mm. and there's a lot of money out there. Um, uh, Netflix is throwing around huge cash, huge oh, yeah. amounts of money, billions of dollars. So I think that that's uh, you know the the uh, talent will out, and hopefully there won't be as, as much abuse and and uh, a lot of those kids. I mean, mind like Disney and those uh, Nickelodeon kids. They just it's just abuse was horrific. So I think a lot of that was exposed, at least online. You don't think it'll just change locations? I mean, no, I, possibly. I mean, I, you know, uh, you just hope that it gets better. I think exposure helps. People know that it's out there, but, you know, it's just like there's a new, there'll probably be a new generation of, naive people and uh, 
predators. Hopefully, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. But yeah. So closing thoughts, question unrelated to the topic. Uh, where do you see us going on this current trajectory as far as society is concerned? And I'm being vague for well, a reason. I, well, no, I mean, I think that uh, this COVID has really kind of uh, been a global nightmare. And I think that you see a cartelization of response to the problem. And I think that uh, you see this kind of medical cartel really kind of controlling things and working in tandem with the media to really propagandize people because there were other solutions to COVID that were never really addressed. And they're really, you can see them really trying to hammer it with this whole um, very, you know, Delta variant. They're just going to try to keep uh, poisoning people with these poisonous vaccines forever. Uh, so I think that that's very dark. And it's been, I think that a lot of these people should be, there should be some type of like Nuremberg trial for a lot of these people who, uh, I mean, the vaccines I think are worse than the, the, the COVID itself over time. So I, I wouldn't even ever just take a booster or anything like that. So you still see this real desire among the elites to propagandize people. And I think Hollywood is part of that as well. Um, so I'm not really that optimistic. I, I think that people have to find their way out of this, uh, the pyramid of control of which Hollywood was part, but also this whole, you know, people just getting hammered with, with these big corporate media uh, conglomerates really shaping people's opinion, I think. So as long as that happens, um, the fate of humanity is not uh, positive. Where do you think it'll go? You said that you don't think the fate. Well, of I mean, I think you're looking. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at the book of Revelation. You know, I think mm. that uh, you're yeah. going to have a one world government. That's what all these guys want. They want to put a one world government with all these nations and hopefully centralized. And it'll be a new world order, which is the old world order, which is a bunch of elites um, living games. off of, <laughs> yeah, living off of basically a bunch of serfs who are little more than slaves. The average American cannot take a $500 charge. Uh, you know, I think the 40% of the Americans, if they had $500 needed to pay out, they wouldn't, they wouldn't make it. So I think they're really just grinding people into misery and debt. And uh, the response to the COVID problem, which may have been created in a lab, uh, which would pay money for people to answer those questions, um, is part of that whole, the whole trend. So, I know, you know, these are all predicted. They always wanted to have a disease where they could aggregate more, aggregate power. The U.S., more money was printed in the last two years than have ever been printed in the history of the whole country. So it was a huge wealth transference. And uh, so you just see that elitism, you see the, you know, the aristocracy or whatever, the oligarchy control. It's both sides. It's left and right. Both people on the top profited and... Uh, so as long as people keep getting hammered with propaganda, even from Hollywood, and passively accept this stuff, I, I don't, I'm not optimistic at all. It's all for your health though, right? Right. We, no, you got to take that. You got to take those two values. Here's the thing is this is how you know that it's a bunch of hooey is that a lot of people already have natural immunity. So what they should be doing is checking to see if you have the uh, natural immunity so that you don't even have to take a shot because natural immunity to any disease is better than a vaccine, right? So why aren't they doing mass drive-throughs to give people a card 
saying, hey, you've already been exposed to this, right? But see, you can't keep selling people vaccines and getting money for the billions of dollars from the government if people are convinced and know that they're already immune. Does that make sense? It does. You have to keep selling the snake oil. It's a business. Yeah, you got to keep selling. Oh, yeah, you just got, good business. You know, Delta variant. <laughs> Do you know that they just came out and said that uh, these vaccines have little efficacy after six months? Do you know yes. that in Israel, Israelis are saying that 85, 85% of the people in their um, in their hospitals have taken both shots? Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, that. And they're already on their third. They're already telling people in Israel, if you're, if you only had two, well, guess what? That's a problem. <laughs> Do you know what they should be saying too? Is what they don't say is that there's no asymptomatic transmission. So you shouldn't have to worry if you're not sick and you shouldn't be worried about other people if they're not coughing on you. Right. So you have, somebody has to be symptomatic to transfer it to somebody else. You almost never hear that. And a lot of those guys who are talking on TV are part of the cartel. They're part of, they work for Pfizer. They may be getting money for Pfizer right now. So they're going to keep up the paranoia, the fear. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's bad. And I mean, you gotta really be, you gotta really be um, careful, careful about those vaccines. A lot of people aren't taking it. So um, yeah. There's other solutions. So, I mean, that's the whole power of the cartel is really to, uh, it's almost kind of like sales. They shape somebody into the desired end, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not, you're not making billions of dollars. Why would you shape them? The whole point is to transfer that wealth and make that money. So it's all, you know, money is the root of all evil. And uh, that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they do. Billionaires have been made off of this stuff. So, and they want to keep making money. They want to keep that gravy train going from the government. How are you going to do that? Scare the shit out of people constantly. So you're, I mean, people are just getting mind raked by these T and it's all coming out of the corporate media. The alternate media is very suspect. And that's a whole different story about the uh, the alternate media is like, what's going on here? Why we can't continue to do this? Why are we locked down? What's the problem? So people are going to try to get their own solution than these government overlords. And a lot of them are freaking communistic, at least uh, in certain states. So anyway, it's uh, people need to really put on their thinking caps and think their ways through. People tell me that I am uh, creating a fiction, but then when I start asking them questions, why isn't anybody getting antibody tests? Why is natural immunity work? Um, what is the, the germ, not the viral theory? If you've had something and you beat it, does it last forever or does it go away? Because the human body wants, and then that's the whole idea where you're getting inoculated for measles, mumps, and rubella, right? You get exposed to something. You don't have to worry about it the rest of your life. So if you've already been exposed, why aren't we finding out who's been exposed and everybody has a card saying, I've been exposed to COVID-19. Then when people kind of think questions. about that, <laughs> well, you don't really have a lot of thinking going on on the corporate media. And that should tell you everything. It's just fear, get your third shot, get your fourth shot. I've seen something online. I don't know if it's verified, but they have 10 more shots laid out. So they've got Delta, Epsilon, Gamma, Omega, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I I believe You want to live under that. Yeah. And you want to look, I mean, there's, I mean, clearly to me, clearly a tie between the increase of the shot regimen for children and what's called autism. And, uh, you know, the, 
<clears throat> there are certain people who like the Amish here who do not take shots, do not have autism. So that should tell you a lot. They don't have these diseases that are more common. And uh, you have to ask yourself, why? Why is this going on? Why is Bill Gates out there? I thought he was a member of a tech company. Why is he out there telling me about uh, inoculations? And he's conveniently disappeared. Yes, he's gone now. So, <laughs> and look at his background. Look at his daddy's background. Talk, look at the parent, 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 parent. I mean, it should scare the living crap out of people. It really should. Anyway, don't get me started. Well, I already did, and I'm glad I did. Um, <laughs> I appreciate your time, Mr. Ramsey. This has been very insightful, just like last time. My pleasure. Anytime. Uh, I'm sorry I missed the last one, but uh, I got a scheduling software, so now I know. Now it reminds me. So whenever I'm having a busy day, it still tells me you got to be here at a certain time. So I apologize for that. No, you're great. It worked out anyway. Cool. Awesome. So we'll be in touch. And once again, thank Good. you. Um, do you have anything you want to plug really quick? Uh, I mean, if you want to watch my Occult Hollywood video, it's on Vimeo, B-I-M-E-O. You can I have five documentaries there. Uh, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 is coming up. So I did a video just last year, Prophet of Evil, Alistair Crowley, 9-11 in the New World Order, which you might want to see the, the documentary again on Vimeo. And I uh, just put out a book, Global Death Cult, which is about kind of a post-Nazi, post-Crowley group that's in my opinion, very dangerous and uh, has little membership throughout the world due to the internet. So I think people should uh, check that out. And all my books are on my website, William Ramsey Investigates. And I've been very busy kind of doing interviews on my podcast. So if you go to William Ramsey Investigates on iTunes, you can kind of catch up to all the research I've been doing and kind of just... Uh, you know, talking about COVID, I had a really good interview with the guy about COVID. So people can kind of uh, analyze his outlook, I think would be very worthwhile. But uh, it's great to be with you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mr. Ramsey. We'll be in touch and take care. All right. Okay. You as well. Take care. Thank you. Bye.